Ken James, and Jason McKittrick. Brought to you by CryptoCurium. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another edition of Learning Lovecraft. I'm your host, Jason McKittrick, and joining me as always, the traveler of the Eldritch Path, Mr. Ken James. Hey, folks. And tonight, we're covering Lovecraft's supernatural revenge tale? I guess. Ancient Greek style? Yeah. The tree? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. But before we get to that, we have another transmissions from the void. <laughs> so as we mentioned in the last episode, uh, Brian Moore's Pikmin's model uh, film adaptation Kickstarter is now live. And at the time of this recording, today is already past the halfway mark of being funded. Ow! Uh, so yeah, congrats, guys. Um, so if you're in the position to help this film get funded, please do so. Uh, if you head on over to the uh, Kickstarter website and search for Pikmin's model, you will find it. And uh, yeah, it's looking good for you guys uh, yeah, this time if, around. If you, got a, if you got a couple extra shillings kicking around your boots. Yeah, there's, there's some <laughs> cool, uh, there's definitely some cool, um, uh, perks uh, for uh, for helping fund it. You can get you know copies of the uh, the DVD when it comes out. You get some signed stuff. And if you you know just want to kick over like ten grand, uh, you could even be uh, on the film. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you look through, they got some really cool perks. Rumor but, uh, has yeah. it for a hundred grand, you can direct. <laughs> uh, I think Brian would be okay with that because yeah. I think that would fund the project yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, folks. That was a little that was a little fun on my on my part there. Right, right. So, yeah, so it's looking good for these guys this go around. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to Brian and the crew. And if you got some extra shekels on hand, you know, why don't you toss it their way? Yeah. Pop out your old penny loafers, pop the pennies out, send them over. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Ken, the tree, Mm -hmm. right? All right. So first, it was written in 1920 and published in October of 1921 in the tryout once again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and before we get into the story, it's uh, we, we're given a little uh, quote in Latin, mm-hmm. uh, "Fata viam inveniant," which apparently means fate finds a way. So a little little Jeff Goldblum like yeah, right I was gonna say, like yeah, it's gonna be like huh, little uh, JP uh, there. Yeah, uh, life, uh, fate uh, uh, finds uh, a way. <laughs> yes, yes, but without the oops. That was a different movie, sorry. <laughs> so uh, so we first start out and uh, we get this quote. On a verdant slope of Mount Lyonelis, in Arcadia, there stands an olive grove about the ruins of a villa. Close by is a tomb once beautiful with the sublimest sculptures, but now fallen into as great decay as the house. At one end of that tomb, its curious roots displacing the time-stained blocks of pentelic marble, grows an unnaturally large olive tree of oddly repellent shape. So like to some grotesque man or death, distorted body of a man, that the country folk fear to pass it at night when the moon shines. Faintly through the crooked boughs, Mount Manalus is a chosen haunt of dreaded Pan, whose queer companions are many, and simple swains believe that the tree must have some hideous kinship to these weird panacee. But an old beekeeper who lives in the neighboring cottage told me a different story. So right off, we get this, uh, you know, we get this, uh, they set the scene for us. We have this really old tree yes. uh, that's kind of shaped like a man, kind of d- distorted body. I mean, that's coming out of this really old tomb, right? They have this story about, you know, Pan is, you know, 
sent to to haunt this area. You know, him and his whole uh, whole little crew. Yeah, and squad. <laughs> squad, squad deep yeah. out there. Yeah, whatever they're doing out there, they got the flute. Then you know, they're probably drinking yeah. wine, doing their doing their craziness. Yeah. Um, but then right That's off the fun. bat, <laughs> the beekeeper next door is like, "Let me give you the real story. <laughs> yeah, check this out. <laughs> I've been around here for a while with these bees. <laughs> we, right. we know what's up." We know what's up. The bees have been talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he 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 dives into this this uh, this story about these um these two uh, sculptors, these artists who are very close and like brothers. We have Kalos, which means handsome or fair, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Musides, which means uh, son of the Muses. So you know they got these these baller names. Yeah, well, for, right off the bat too. So I'm reading. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, these fucking names. <laughs> it's like, here we go again. And there was words that were used, and I was like, I gotta, do I have to pull out Google and reference these words mm. a couple times. It's it happens sometimes with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, here we go. And in my head, I'm like, every time I go over to the name, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a couple of times I was like, is it? I almost said it's Kratos. No, not Kratos. Kalos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I did, I did look it up myself because I honestly don't remember what. A few of these are just like, oh, and I was like, Helios? Helios? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so you got these two guys, uh, you know, literally like um, the best, right? They, they've yeah. got these amazing, these amazing uh, abilities. Um, they're, they're well known um, to be the most well talented in the area. Um, and although they're both in the same profession, they don't harbor any uh, like artistic jealousy, right? They, they're right. not like, hey, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're just doing what we do. Uh, I make good stuff. You make good stuff. Let's just yeah. make good stuff and be friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but be, although they are very close with each other, um, it's described that they have like these two very different natures about them, right? Yes. So you got um, Mucides, who is basically uh, living for the city. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and, no, it's good. It's good. And then, then you got Kalos, who preferred to meditate alone in his olive grove even outside yeah. the view of his servants yeah um uh and, and we get this quote which i really um which i really liked idle folk indeed said that callus conversed with the spirits of the grove and that his statues were but images of the phones and dryads he met there for he patterned his work after no living model so yeah this kind of remind me of a previous story um did it remind you of something previous yeah thinking about it um I'm going to say the tomb, which mm-hmm. was, you know, our first one we covered, um, my first uh, dive in here. But yeah, the 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 having a hand in the other realm to kind of influence uh, one's behavior, like having an I- idea of uh, maybe talking to someone or or seeing something in maybe the future or a different dimension or or just having a connection with something outside the realm of you know the living or where everyone else is kind of like this guy's crazy you know right. like mm-hmm. when people talk about it like oh man we got to get this guy out of here cuz he's he's losing his mind <laughs> yeah it, and it also um i think we come we've definitely come across this already and as far as we come that it's like you've got the the lovecraft stand in a little bit where it's like okay this guy is definitely uh he has more than a foot in you know previous centuries he's living in another time kind of thing yeah. going on yeah. uh and then like i said um and then Mucides is like just you know he's of the, of the now you know his 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 he's got his finger on the on the pulse of the uh, of the city you know he's out there at every night you know whatever he's doing at night you know yeah doing his thing so two two 
two artists, two very good friends, but they couldn't be more different in their, you know, I guess their, uh, their inspiration, lifestyle, and then also their their method of inspiration, right? Okay, yeah. You know, Musities is definitely waking up at 3 p.m. Uh, <laughs> after his night of, uh, you know. Yeah, debauchery. He's to the yeah. sound of chisels. He's like, ah, must you start so early? Uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> is that why this sculpture took 10 years? <laughs> um, so because these two guys are so famous, it comes at no surprise that um, they get a commission from the, quote, tyrant of Syracuse. Okay. <laughs> He's obviously the king over in Syracuse. Yeah. And he wants to give them, like, the commission of all commissions, right? Yeah. Uh, he wants them to make this gigantic statue of Tyche. Now, this is she was kind of like the goddess of luck, kind of. She, um, yeah. like you would, ha- you would have a. Um, I was just looking this up. Uh, you would erect a statue of this um, goddess if you wanted luck in your city specifically. Was kind okay. of a thing. All right. So, all right, all right, all right. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it had to have it. So, lots of uh, laundromats around here have trinkets like that that are supposed to bring <laughs> right your laundromat. You know, it's right. Does this one wait? Is this a waving cat of their time? Yes, there's a lot of those, but there's also ones that I'm like, oh, that's surprisingly Asian. Right, right. You you never know what you're going to get. Hey, if it works, it works, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, So so the the tyrant of Syracuse comes up with this idea that, okay, these two guys are so close that I'm going to give them both a commission, right? Yeah. And because they're so close and so such good friends, they're going to work together. You yeah. know, they're going to be like, hey, let's work, you know, and they're going to help each other out kind of like, you know, if they get to a point where like, I, I can't figure this part out. I was like, hey, how's this look? They're, they're constantly going to be playing off of each other. And <laughs> um, the better of the two will be chosen as the winner. And uh, they even said, I like this quote, that it's going to uh, the finished product is going to, uh, quote, eclipse even the dreams of poets. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, at this point, it's basically like, you know, Halloween Wars you know greek yes style, you know yes but with something good at the end yes right <laughs> so you, not you put, mush yeah right you put together you know to these people that are renowned in their field right and it's like you know whatever you know greek philosopher comes and it's like hmm, this week i want hmm, you know yeah and they have the, to like go together and yeah yeah it'd be like if you put like uh, da vinci and michelangelo together and we're like look guys Here's yeah. the here's the stipulations, but be, but they were friends to begin with, and then they were just you know they would come out like this guy's like, look, I know what I'm doing here. These two together are going to create this amazing thing, and there maybe it'll create sort of a natural kind of you know competition between right. them, but nothing that's going to get too crazy. Yeah, like Da Vinci's doing his thing; he's like making yeah. all the best stuff, and then Michelangelo's got his nunchucks, right? Yeah, absolutely. He, he, yeah. He, he sculpts with the nunchucks. That's yeah, what, right, yeah. right. I mean, that's who you obviously were talking about when you said Michelangelo. That's, uh, yeah, obviously. Is there anybody obviously. else? I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Orange just, headband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> wanted to get that out of the way. Make sure we're clear. <laughs> Did Ninja Turtle jokes ever get uh, old? I don't think so. Cowabunga. No way. Right, 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 right. So um, they obviously accept this challenge with, you know, with joy and uh, they immediately set about it. And they're, you know, like he surmised, they're they're sculpting in each other's view only. Not even the slaves can see what they're doing. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, no, this is sculpting time. Get away from me. (laughs) Except for when I need anything. (laughs) Mm. Jerks. Mm. One holds on a pinky ring with like, you know, Mm -hmm. a stone is like, huh. Pushes it into his face. Yeah. Do you like that? (laughs) <laughs> more wine 
So time goes on. They they can sit. They continue their um, their nightly routines. Um, you know, Mucides uh, goes out at night, and then you know you have um, Kalos, uh, who you know does his weirdness. Yeah, uh, I imagine him wandering around the uh, the maze at the Overlook kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> some weird shit was going on in there. He's just uh, cold. But, he's just cold for no reason. It's yeah, not even but like, snowing. But he's like communing with weird, you know, w- weird spirits yeah. out there. Yeah. Or he's just staring <laughs> with the Jack Nicholson face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Mucides, when he's out at night, um, the town folk, folk notice that uh, he has this this sullen look as of late. And it's kind of been going on for months. No one can yeah. figure it out. It's like, look, man, you just got like the commission of all commissions. It's like you're set, dude. Once you you finish this, you know, you should be uh, honored to uh, you know be doing this. How could you possibly be pissed about anything or or sullen or anything? So people just can't figure it out. Yeah, they're like, what's up, man? Yes, yeah, you, bro. <laughs> but then suddenly, Kalos becomes ill. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, and then we. Um, we get this quote. Then one day, Musides spoke of the illness of Kalos, after which none marveled again at his sadness, since the sculptor's attachment was known to be deep and sacred. Subsequently, many went to visit Kalos, and indeed noticed the pallor of his face. But there was about him a happy serenity which made his glance more magical than the glance of Musides, who was clearly distracted with anxiety and who pushed aside all the slaves in his eagerness to feed and wait on his friend with his own hands. Hidden behind heavy curtains stood the two unfinished figures of Tai Chi, little touched of late by the sick man and his faithful attendant. Mm. So um, he gets sick um, and it's um, it's kind of sudden and it's also kind of... um, you know, uh, right here, I think there's a little a uh, little thing to be uh, suspicious about that. Uh, he's like, no, 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 I got it. I got it. He's like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of his stuff. I, I, yeah. You know, I got it. Okay. All right. Hmm. Right. You know, uh, Kalos just um, mysteriously now just becomes more and more sick. The doctors don't know what to do. They've been treating him. And hey, his best friend's helping out. They just don't know what's going on with this guy. Like, like they just, they really can't. Um, Get they really the can't. Of it. Yeah, they just there's they're, they're they're really not sure what's going on here. So, um, so Kalos uh, desires to be carried off into the you know to the grove that he he loves. Like he's um, he's like, hey, bring me over there and just just leave me, just leave me alone. I just want to I just want to be in there. It's almost like he knows he's close to death or something. Yeah, um, and and it's like you know he's like. Uh, like he's 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 communing with this other side like they already kind of have this idea about him and um and then Musides his boy gets um uh gets kind of pissed mm-hmm. he's like hey man uh yeah, he's like why you want to be with the other side you don't want to be with your homeboy yeah he's like, yeah we're homies dog like you know <laughs> that's exactly these what are he quotes. said yeah these, these are, are yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, the, uh, we we saw an original draft. Lovecraft was like, "Dog, yeah, nah, they're not ready for that yet." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "But your great 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 grandkids are gonna are love gonna it. love it." Yeah, <laughs> it's your cousin Marvin Barry. <laughs> Why do you call his cousin his last name? <laughs> I know it has to work. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, right. So we know we're getting to the end here. Uh, uh, you know, looking at Kalos and. Um, uh, Mucides, uh, 
sees this as well. So he promises, he's like, man, I'm going to sculpt you the tomb of tombs. You know, I'm going to make you this amazing thing. It's going to, you know, it's going to speak to your ability. Uh, it's going to show off my ability. And um, it's, it's going to keep you know, beer cold. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, it's just, it, the. it's going to be a monument to the ages. Like everyone's going to know. And he's like, he's like, um, okay, but all I really want you to do is to, when you bury me, put these two certain twigs of olive, olive branch near my head. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right. I'm still going to sculpt yeah. it, though, because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so, I'm, I'm the man. You know, right. So, cause, right. So, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, fast forward a few more nights and sitting alone in the darkness of the olive grove, Kalos dies. Hmm. Yep. Yep. Womp, so, womp. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, we saw this coming. So, um, you see these uh, goes ahead and carves this incredible tomb uh, for Kalos and then does as he asks and plants these olive branches near his head. Um, so it's like, okay, um, weirdness is, has happened, and <laughs> my, my best friend is dead. Um, and then after he gets over this, you know, that that initial grief, um, you know, after the death, I mean, they don't say how much time, but then he like throws himself into the work of trying to complete this statue, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's going at it, and um, you know, uh, but every night instead of going out to the city again, now his evenings are spent uh, besides the tomb of his friend, um, and he notices that a, a young olive tree has already sprung up, like faster than like rightfully should have, right? Yes. Um. Um. And then it, uh, the form of it already as it comes out, uh, people are already saying like, oh, this is this is kind of strange and it's also kind of weird look at the way that it's you know the form of it yeah. and and this pisses I don't know if it pisses him off but Musidi's just like this is interesting but also gross because it's almost like it's a message or you know yeah. someone reaching beyond the grave to uh, I don't know tell people something yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah magical speed of plant growth is, is a sheer like a sure sign from the other side that you know yeah you done fucked up thank you yeah yep i was <laughs> i was right there <laughs> so then again we uh, we fast forward three more years and new cities has completed this statue of taiki and uh you know apparently it's amazing it's huge it's incredible and he go ahead goes ahead and he sends word um to the tyrant of syracuse that it's ready to be taken away yes um, and so we got three years down the road, and now by this time, um, the tree by the tomb is like incredible. It's huge. Um, it's bigger than any trees around it. Um, and um, strangely, one of the branches, a very, very big, heavy branch, has snaked its way over to uh, over the uh, over to the apartment area of where Musidi's, um, you know, lives and works. Yeah. Um, and lots of people come by because he's this famous sculptor. And they're um, they, they they remark at the tree, and you know, Musidius um, is alone a lot now. So, like having people come by and see him, it's, he's, he really appreciates that. Yeah, he's like, yeah, um, the last guy that lived here, I killed. You know, so like, <laughs> so thanks for even coming. You know, right? And right, but the, the tree kind of hangs over all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So then we get this. So then we get this next quote: the bleak mountain wind. Sighing through the olive grove and the tomb tree had an uncanny way of forming vaguely articulate sounds. So the tree's talking. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did Almost you Almost like the tree was forming vocal cords so the wind could pass through it. Yes. Yes. For it to yeah. vocalize. 
I don't know why, but I imagine those creepy ass trees that used to be in the McDonald's playgrounds. Do you remember those? Yeah, the yeah. one, the one. I know they just got rid of it. It yeah, used to, yeah, still be there. Like no, even dude, even to last year because they just finally redid oh, this no one. Kidding. You know, on Street Road. Yeah, they would just look at you in the yeah. drive-through, and you'd be like, "Yeah, pull up, man." <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly. I'm tired of this. It's that kind of thing. Like they come and visit him. They're like, "Hey, uh, what's up with that tree out there?" He's like, "What yeah. do you mean?" And it's just, it's literally just staring right at yeah. them. <laughs> Me, I'm the. Tree. This one. <laughs> so we, we've got the stage set, right? We got this 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 ominous tree hanging over this area. It's it's supernaturally, uh, you know, grown to these like epic proportions. The commission's done. He's right. This, you know, uh, Musides is there, and he's ready to uh, have these guys come pick the stuff up. He's ready to bask in the glory. So um, we we cut to um, the night when the tyrant's emissaries arrive to take the statue away for the next morning, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So that night, the sky was dark. The evening that they that they show up. Right. So um, there's there's definitely this approaching storm, a very ominous kind of thing. Um, and um, they're welcomed into the city. You know, everyone knows. Oh, these are the guys from these are the tyrants' guys. Okay, it doesn't get a name. It's just the tyrant of Syracuse. Yes. <laughs> um, they're 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 welcomed to the city, and um, as they're you know they're there to stay overnight because they're going to take the statue the next morning. Um, as the night goes on, this violent like storm of wind uh, breaks over the um, the crest of the of this of the mountain that they're on, and um, it's it's crazy. Shakes everything. They're you know they're praying to whatever gods they <laughs> they can come up with. They even, <laughs> even says it like they, they they pray to these very very specific gods. Um, and, and the next day, all seven people on. Yeah, lost pet. Oh, I'm sorry. Something different. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was that. something different. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm sorry. The, the, yeah, the eyeballs were missing. And yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> My bad, guys. Oh, hey, it's 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 similar, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, but uh, you know, as they're you know weathering the storm, the the townsfolk are saying, talking about how oh, what a great guy New Cities is, and that he's just heavy with grief for his friend, yeah. and um, that you know that he really you know he put in a lot of work for this, and he deserves everything he's gonna you know he's gonna yeah, uh, such fine work, such yes. fine work. What a guy, such a great yeah. artist, a true mensch. <laughs> yeah, real menchers. Wow. Yeah. Yep. yep. So. Um, then the next morning comes, right? That it does. And, uh, that it does. And we get this. Uh, and we get this quote. In the sunshine of the morning, the Proxenoi led the tyrant's messengers up the slope to the abode of the sculptor. But the night wind had done strange things. Slaves' cries ascended from a scene of desolation, and no more amidst the olive grove rose the gleaming colonnades of that vast hall wherein Musides had dreamed and toiled. Lone and shaken mourned the humble courts and the lower walls, for upon the sumptuous greater peristyle had fallen squarely the heavy overhanging bough of the strange new tree, reducing the stately poem in marble with odd completeness to a mound of unsightly ruins. Strangers and Tegeans stood aghast, looking from the wreckage to the great sinister tree whose aspect was so weirdly human and whose roots reached so queerly into the sculptured sepulchre of Kalos. And their fear and dismay increased when they searched the fallen apartment. For of the gentle Mesides and of the marvelously fashioned image of Tai Chi, no trace could be discovered. Amidst such stupendous ruin, only chaos dwelt, and the representatives of two cities left disappointed. Syracusans that they had no statue to bear home, to genes that they had no artist to crown. 
However, the Syracusans obtained after a while a very splendid statue in Athens, and the Tegeans consoled themselves by erecting in the Agora a marble temple commemorating the gifts, virtues, and brotherly piety of Musaid. Okay, so uh, all hell broke loose. So some yeah. kind of storm came through, and um, wouldn't you know it, that a precariously uh, <laughs> angled branch just happens to fall on New City's uh, apartment. Just smushes it. Just right. smushes it. But um, that's in rubble, but he's missing, and so is this giant statue. Right? Amen. 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 Supernatural. I don't know. Pan was out there. <laughs> it's possible. He was like, take it all. Take it all. <laughs> I want it all. Girl. Get this out of here. <laughs> no luck for this town. I want to go. I want to go down right. in the middle of the night. I want to piss on the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously there was some kind of uh, supernatural kind of um, revenge that occurred occurred here and uh we get this final quote here um that kind of that kind of wraps it up nicely i think uh we get uh but the olive grove still stands as does the tree growing out of the tomb of kalos and the old beekeeper told me that sometimes the boughs whisper to one another in the night wind saying over and over i know i know that's the end of the story yeah yeah so Um, i mean i'm (laughs) i'm gonna be quite honest not one of my favorites no, it, it's definitely a strange story. Um, it's definitely squarely in his... He's trying to do his ancient history stuff, but then once again, um, it's more of this Lord Dunsany type. Yeah. Lord uh, Dunsany rears yeah. his ugly head. <laughs> uh, he, he's he's going to be around for eh, just a little bit longer. Um, yeah. But um, so here, here's the question I got to ask you here. When you were reading this, so I, so I remember reading this a long time ago, mm-hmm. and then rereading it again, and just reading about it again. Um, according to Lovecraft, um, did you get the in, in your initial reading that um, the guy Kalos was poisoning? Uh, excuse me, Mucides was poisoning Kalos. No, no. And so here's what I had to do, to be quite honest. Yeah. So I'm reading it right. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of it with the detail and stuff, I kept going, what? Like, yeah. like I'm going, yeah. what? Like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, so what happened? Yeah. So I did a little digging myself and I was like, like, like the John C. Riley with the with the glasses. He's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, hold on. So I did a little uh-huh. research and I was like, yeah, because like he was gleeful when he first saw him, but then he's sullen and then like yeah. he feels real bad. So I'm like, okay. And then someone was like, Yeah, well, even apparently at one point Lovecraft said that he was poisoning him down the road yeah so there is a um there is a, a well-known essay by lovecraft called uh, in defense of dagon and this was after um <laughs> he put together an essay which was um in, in some of the pulps and in some of the um and in some of the uh correspondence uh, folks were kind of like you know shooting him down like hey this shouldn't be like this and we don't like that he did this and this so he put yeah. together this whole essay to, to calm his haters and he <laughs> happened and we'll go in to that some point but um he he mentioned specifically it, this story that um he was be- that he, he was poisoning the other guy now having no knowing that now things do make sense right but it's not really i don't i don't know if it's very well communicated in the, in no. the writing no that was one thing that i especially after um you know i was like oh okay you know i did that i was like all right and i was like weird details yeah. elsewhere yeah not too much of like undertones of what's really going on yeah. which i understand like that's kind of his thing but a lot of times too like 
I'm not an idiot. I can like piece things together, you know, like, but in this one, I was like, what is this guy talking about? You know, like, right. I I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's being too overly critical to say, you know, you have hits and you have misses and this was a mess. Right. Uh, I think he was kind of reveling in his, um, his, his ancient, uh, you know, uh, history, uh, discover, uh, um, ancient history, uh, and, the way that he likes to like revel in the the description of things and he, he likes putting himself in the uh you know in this idealized uh area of time where it's like oh these two guys are competing during this you know you know the idealized ancient greek period where they're like yeah. oh just two two sculptors that live as sculptors they t- you know it takes years to get it done and if you and if you go back and you and you have that knowledge afterwards knowing that okay he was poisoning him then it makes sense to the point where he's like oh he was you know uh Mucides was very um sullen for a few months and you could tell that that i mean i was what i take from that as no i think it was that they worked together for a bunch of months and i think he realized because he realized that kalos was the superior sculptor because they were working together so much because he's the one getting inspiration from the other side not going out every night and doing you know blow off a hooker's ass or whatever they do (laughs) he's (laughs) he's cleaning he's usually cleaning up the work type deal he's yeah i mean he's smoothing the edges kind of stuff right and I personally, that's what I think happened there. Like he, he was, they worked together so much for months, and he was like, "Oh man, I'm really not really uh, yeah, the stunning too much to this." <laughs> exactly. Um, and and I think he's like, you know what? I'm gonna poison this man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, dude. So oh, then, chill, you know, man. yeah. So uh, I think he comes to that that idea that he's gonna poison him, and he poisons him slowly. And they give you that that detail where it's like, okay, oh well, uh, no, I got it, I got it. You know, this is food. I got it, I got it. Yeah. But there's nothing in there to suggest that he's poisoning him. There's no like, you know what I mean? Like it, it really is kind of like, as far as trying to make that like a, you know, what what happened here? Like Lovecraft kind of missed here. He, yeah. he, he didn't give us he didn't give us that detail like. Uh, you know, have like him. Uh, oh, sometimes you know when when uh, Mucides was out at night, he met with us. Uh, uh, you know, uh, an apothecary that you know was uh, notorious for giving out hemlock or something. Yeah, and it's right. something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it was like I was saying. It, there was weird details elsewhere, and then yeah. like that, he, they only mentioned the like him handling the food like once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a little mm-hmm. like hey. Oh, it wasn't even like a nod. It was just like oh, I got it. I'm his boy. Yeah. You live here. He's comfortable yeah. with me. He doesn't need other people. Like, right. it was just like a, you know, well, what brought my stuff. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> also, look yeah. at this, you know, like look oh, over here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I, I mean, and I don't think it's. I and also I don't feel too bad uh, being too uh, harsh on this story because Lovecraft himself in a love in a um in a uh, letter from 1936 uh, feels the same way uh, that it's just it was not. Um, you know, it was only good for stacking paper, basically. Yeah. He said. So, Oof. all right, man. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, he's he's. <laughs> wait till we hear about his uh, his other opinions of his own work. But I mean, you know, I get it because like I'll yeah. be working on a song or something, and I'd be like, I might as well just like fart it in the mic, you know, like I'll yeah. yell at myself, you know, like <laughs> bullshit, you know, I'm like this is never gonna work, right? But I you know, it. I mean, these are these are mechanics that we. Um, uh, we're gonna see uh in we've seen in previous stories and we're gonna see in other ones you know you have that artist that has his his his, his you know one foot in the other world and one foot right. in, in the real world and i think that um you know he's definitely playing with that and the idea of you know supernatural consequences for earthly um you know crimes so and i think he's you know at this point just just trying it out you know and i and i definitely think that this is also in that um 
I think this is in the uh, the Lord Dunsany kind of thing where he's like right. he's still getting into that flowery stuff, but um, you know he, I think he's searching for oh what what are these threats you know I think he he's definitely dealing with um what are these threats from the other side that can pose them you know uh, you know uh, problems to you know people in the real world so you know it's uh, you know it's definitely not his best and it's I don't know if it's his worst because I know of other ones that are coming up that I'm just like. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not too many stinkers yeah honestly my my whole end statement on it is from the other stories that i read this mm. one drew me in i have to say the least even though um what was my least favorite i can't remember right now but this one kind of just it didn't draw me in i wasn't like mm-hmm. i wasn't like enthralled like all the other ones like i was like oh what do we got you know this one i was kind of just reading if that makes sense you know yeah, like, i wasn't sure. there and I was just sure. like, yeah. all right, you know, yep. I was just like, what's the twist? You know, like I was doing that, like, <laughs> where are we going? But it, yeah, and, and it's, mean? yeah, yeah, no, f- fair assessment. And I think that it's, uh, I think a lot of uh, people who have read the story definitely share your, uh, your opinion. It's, um, you know, it's, it's still early Lovecraft. This is 1920 and he's, you know, just still trying some, some of these things out. And I think that this is, shows his love for uh, ancient culture, specifically ancient Greece. And, um, you know, I think he was just trying to spin, you know, an interesting story that still maintains some kind of supernatural something. Right. And it's, you know, unfortunately it is a miss, but, you know, hey, uh, I know myself through, you know, my, my artistic uh, <laughs> endeavors that sometimes you have to get through like three bad sculptures before right. you get to that, that good sculpture. And this is just one of those things, man. You just, yeah. there has to be failures in the artistic process. I just yeah. think this is one of them, but it's part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, and I'm a, I'm a fan of supernatural revenge stories. I love them. And I just, it, was, it wasn't one of my favorites. And I, I think like we were saying, I mean, my last thing I'm going to say on this, basically, yeah, he just, he, once again, he focused certain details on certain things that and, and didn't leave us much of a trail to kind of go back and be like, oh, that's where he was going. Yeah. Which is in his other stuff that I've read so far. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of get an idea of where we're, you know, headed or, or why things happened. But it was like, right. this happened gotcha you know at the end there okay (laughs) yep just wasn't well plotted out and you know what that's okay because he gets to some amazing places coming up right (laughs) (laughs) all right well that's that's the tree and i think that's uh i think we said it all uh, uh considering this one um and uh but hey the next one coming up we have uh, the cats of ulthar and that's uh, another supernatural revenge story but it is awesome (laughs) good thank god Yes. Thank Cthulhu, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, for this episode of Learning Lovecraft, I've been Jason McKittrick. And I've been Ken James. And we'll see you on the other side. Sleep. Ooh.